today's workshop meeting. But we can begin with the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. So, 
Um, I don't know if you heard Kevin. He said we have tried before, and the, the state the state shot us down. They, we could, with the, I, I had I had proposed putting those other two crosswalks in. The problem is that lot that that corner is not really square. Right, it's kind of like a right. it's parallel ramp. Right. So they just now that they, they felt that there wasn't a need for it. Well, the other is, two is, there a way, is there a way? <clears throat> so a walk could be from the supermarket to the municipal building, putting lines there, and then having those walk and don't walk signs. Sort of. Well, like I said, we've, we've spoken to the state, but that's it, that's a state highway, so anything that gets done, the state has to do, and then they have to prove it, and they won't. They, they didn't want to do it, but now that they're doing, getting ready to restripe and getting ready to redo that whole street, okay. um, and we are we are working with them with other crosswalks, we might be able to get some traction there. We kind of conglomerate that into a, into the overall project. Okay, so so that's great. But in addition to that, the walk and don't walk and the red light green light. Because if you're coming from center now, if you were going from Center Street and making a left turn or right turn, let's say left, because you can make a right and red, that light stays green for like seven seconds. In other words, this it's a seven second light unless someone put, pushes the walk sign. But is there, is there anything to be done to change the light system there? Or did the state have to? It's all state. It's all state. Yeah, it's a state highway. So anything, anything that that is parallel or connected to that state highway has to be approved by the state. I mean, we want to put we want to put lighted crosswalk signs in that just blink when people come across, and they won't let us. So I mean, they're waiting for somebody to get killed. I think that's what it is before anything gets done. It's, well, it's a state. You know, the problem is the problem is the state sees it as a state highway. And according to them on paper, that's no different than 35 in front of the mall. <clears throat> it's a state highway. So they see it They see it as the same exact thing, regardless of the fact of pedestrian crossings or anything like that. It's, to them, it's a state highway. So is there any way to, to alleviate possible accidents? Is there any way the police department could, could have some crosswalker there or someone to... Is, is that a state issue to have someone like in Seabrook just monitor? Yeah, there a crossing guard there? Well, crossing guard or an officer there doing summer peak hours where, where the, you know, the Ubers are dropping people off and people are walking out of Donovan's and it just, it, I mean, we know that from September to, to May, there's no problem. We were dealing with May, with June, July, and August where there's a potential. You can certainly put some old police officers in there. It's not a problem. Okay. I, I, it's I, not I, a problem. We can always do that. That's definitely not an issue. I know we always have police officers right there anyway All we need to do is once word gets out, people are going to stop doing it. I mean, it's getting to the point where people are going to get hit. I mean, I see it, I'm seeing it more and more and more, and it's ridiculous. People, people, just, people just walk into traffic, too. They just expect cars to stop for them. No, they, 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 and nothing's going to stop that. In my opinion, you can have as many sidewalks downtown. Because, like, right now, when I'm driving, you know, we just kind of bows around where the secret market is. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, a crosswalk, like, 70 feet away. Oh, I know. They do. So it's not gonna. Yeah. You do it down in, but down the south, down the south end by Peninsula. It's like that that gate coming from the parking lot. They can't walk the extra ten feet to the crosswalk. They walk right across the gate. Why? And and the funny thing is, they're going to the gym. 
They're walking to the gym and they can't walk 10 feet and around. You know, you just, just hit the same Just a quick point. In the city, in Manhattan, which I drive quite frequently, the, you know, they have the 25 mile an hour speed limit now and they enforce it by radar, by, by camera. And I'm telling you, if you go 35, over 35, you get a speeding ticket in the mail, $50 ticket. And it does discourage people, because when they get the ticket, they're not going to do it again and again and again, because they realize it's not just officers pulling over, it's a camera. So if something here could be enforced where, like you said, I'm sorry, this Kevin. Kevin. I'm sorry, what Kevin said, if someone could monitor, could jaywalking, or be more official, and get, I think it might stop the kids or whomever from you know, doing things once they you know, get into trouble or realize there's someone overseeing the, you know, the, a potential problem. And I really do see it as a serious problem in that corner, especially at the corner. I think, I think we have to be very thoughtful about this because we have a couple factors. Number one, during the summer, we have thousands of people that come in sheer volume to drive certain behavior. The second thing is there's general disrespect for crosswalks and safety. People just do what they want to do, which is what Kevin's point is. We have to be careful we don't have a crosswalk every 75 feet. Because the traffic implications would be enormous. It would just stop traffic and back up even further than it is now. And I don't think putting an officer standing at an intersection is a good way to go. First of all, we don't have the budget for it. Secondly, we have 17 other intersections that we are not going to have. They're probably more dangerous ones than that. So I think we have to be thoughtful about this. That's the safety committee's job. And I think you know your discussion with the safety committee, which Jack chairs and others, can help us influence and prioritize what we want to do. But we have to be thoughtful because without having control of the highway, when you put in spot solutions, all of a sudden other things happen. And it's got to be done in a thoughtful way. Agree, but, but the potential of the problem is, is more serious than traffic. I mean, I understand traffic is bad at you know, 9 to 10 o'clock in the morning coming in to see Bright or 6 o'clock leaving. But during the course of the day, when, you know, I'm telling you, there, there's many times when I cross the street or stand by, this, you know, by the red light, cars are just zipping through that red light, coming from Ocean Avenue south and north. Yeah. Mainly coming from the south coming north, they're just zipping through that light. And I'm looking for the officers because I know they hang out in the supermarket parking lot, which is great, but just, there are other officers that are here, I'm, I'm assuming police officers, there, there's more in the summer than in the winter time, that are monitoring parking violations, whatever tickets they're giving out, and watching the parking lot. I think it just, there are certain streets that are more dangerous than others. I mean, the center is more dangerous than, you know, take like church. I mean, you know, there are different streets. Yeah, I agree with you. The only thing I would say is the traffic <coughs> the traffic light you started with, the place you started with has a traffic light which actually stops traffic. We have places in town where there is no traffic light and hundreds of people are crossing, not in the crosswalk. So where's, your, where's, where's the priority? Right? If you have a traffic light, at least there's a chance to cross with the traffic light. Agreed. And my, my, only, my only point is I'm not disagreeing with you. I think we have to be thoughtful because every person in town has a different priority and you will go crazy trying to cover all. It's got to be done in a thoughtful way for maximum impact. Understood. And I think, I think that, that um, the right place for, for further discussion on this is, is, is the Public Safety Committee, um, which, uh, as I already mentioned, Jack chairs. I think that that's, um, that can be another discussion uh, to, to work with law enforcement to see what we can and can do, understanding that we're limited because we don't control the highway. So, which is a major factor. So, anything that we do try to do has to be done. And most things love them to die, unfortunately. So, what we need to do is get a camera and just set it up in certain places, record the, record the activity at that spot for the day, report the number of near near hits or 
incidents and then take them, capture them, and send them to the state and go, look, yeah, how many say, times do we have to do this before somebody gets killed? And they'll say, get to the back of the line. Mm -hmm. But then that covers our ass if somebody does get killed and we've reported it and we've done something and it's the state's fault. Do you need your phone number? With, uh, sure. When I call in with the chief, we'll discuss it in more detail. I think. I think second comments. John Taker, 25 Center Street. Um, I have addressed this issue with Joe Rooney via email several weeks ago. Uh, whatever you can do, just so you can look at it a little bit further. Anything that has to do with crosswalks that is not compliant can be handled by the borough. There's going to be some paving project going on. He said he would try to incorporate that under the paving project. Um, common Mr. Elevate is an accident waiting to happen. That's not accident waiting to happen. had many accidents on that corner. My neighbor, uh, Sean, um, Kevin, he had to several weeks ago, and he had a severe on I see, I see accidents happening very quickly. Personally, we have had accidents here. Tom, uh, you may be familiar about the fact that we have a stoplight, and we're better off than everybody else. That stoplight is not working correctly. Okay, the stoplight is set up so that you don't push the button. What'll happen is the hand will stay up. The light will turn green. People that don't know that intersection see a green light and try to cross. Get less than six seconds to cross that street. It takes 10 seconds to cross the street. If you're towing grandkids, it probably takes 15 seconds to cross the street. That light will leave you in the middle of the intersection, making you cross on a green light. And regardless of what the law is about pedestrians in the intersection, those people that go at the bottom of the street just wail right through that intersection. It's incredibly dangerous and reinforcement to help us out. The other thing is, on the opposite side of the street, there's nothing to do with the state. Donovan's has rocks on an incline. I believe that there should be a sidewalk on the side of Donovan's, but he needs to lose the middle of his property. We need to do something to put a crosswalk that attaches to a sidewalk, not to a pile of rocks where you have to then cross the other way, which by that time the light has changed again. Yeah. There's not even room enough for people to stand on the sidewalk. The part he didn't mention is when you get past the old town hall, you get past the old borough hall, there are no more arrows directing traffic where you go. Used to be one way, you used to have to drive around the tower and come around the side. The arrows aren't here anymore. If they are, they're going out. People are driving in both directions, they're pulling in both directions from the- Well, there is a do not, there, there is a do not enter sign there. There is a do not enter sign there, but people don't see it. The do not enter sign is not until you get down and pass that parking lot. Oh, you mean around the tower? Around that thing. So you have cars coming in both directions going around there. There is no crosswalk. There is no method to cross properly from the borough hall across to where the steps are going up. So it's absolutely fast, regardless of where you are. Now, go back to the point that you brought about supermarket. You've got a chain link fence that you can't see through. So when the cars are coming up to the intersection by the supermarket, they can't see through the chain link fence. It has privacy screening in it. That can be set back because there's plenty of room where they have their thumbs. So that can be set back to get privacy and also allow people to walk up the street. That side of it, you just did a little paving there, but there's no way to walk up. As you mentioned, there's no way to walk up on that side. So there's no crosswalk. I'm on Center Street on the north side. What I have to do, someplace I have to cross with no crosswalk to the opposite side, across the south side. Then I get up to the corner. And I have a light that doesn't really work properly, 
thrust over there, I'm in it, I'm in a corner where I can't stand, I can't go up the street because there's rocks there, I have to cross to the other side, but that's another light change, I get up to the corner, and where do I cross? I was successful several years ago, there was a bike rack that was up there, blocking the sidewalk, it had it removed because you couldn't walk past it, but that whole area, it's, somebody's got to take a look at the other walk. So I, know, I, I live down inside the cross, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And our charity has, so thanks for your comments, both of you. Our chair has your comments, but as you mentioned, like his committee will be with the chief and let's see what they can do. And if we have to reach out to the state, I don't know the top pay attention to the timing of the light itself. Like it's only a six second period you have to cross. But we'll, that's something we can address with the state. Right. But uh, aside from that, Jackson, all your comments, we'll work with the chief. I wasn't here for this this morning, I just reinforced it. Okay, uh, great. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for acknowledging. Thank you. Um, anybody else like to be heard today? Anybody online? All right, thanks for coming, guys. All right, we're on to our um, items for discussion. First up, uh, Joe Bruni is online, I believe, our, our administrator. He'll give us a capital projects update. Um, thank you, Mayor. Um, both uh, the, the new municipal complex and the pavilion punch list from the bonding company has been completed. Finally, after a number of years, uh, uh, and thank Rich Shackley for negotiating a lot of that with the uh, bonding company, but the, the remaining concrete work was done on Tuesday. Uh, you can see the, uh, the downspout tie-ins over the pavilion were done, the channel drain from where the lifeguards go in has been connected, and uh, in front of the municipal complex, uh, the, the, the water pit, uh, has been uh, redesigned and is level uh, and it avoids all the tripping hazards. Uh, there's only one downspout that needs to be connected at the pavilion and, uh, and then we are completed. Um, we also uh, have, uh, are dealing with some items that were completed but we believe in properly, uh, such as the, the one garage door in the uh, firehouse. Um, so we have some ongoing maintenance issues, but the, the project and, and the needed repairs have been done. We're still now negotiating over the, uh, the one bay in the fire uh, area that is, uh, came down and slammed because of a faulty cable. Um, and uh, it's been a long time coming, and thanks to all the, the people, the public works, uh, Frank, uh, uh, all the council people that have worked on it, but we're finally complete. That's it. That's all I have. All right, thanks, Joe. Anybody have any questions for Joe? Good progress, as always. Uh, thanks for your update, Joe. Hey, Joe, just one quick question. Yes. Uh, where are we with the uh, check valves downtown? I know they came in. Uh, I think one one was busy. Did we get that? From it, it came in. It got delivered the next day. Okay. All right. So yes. are, they, are they getting ready to start? Now I'm not sure. They should be. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks again. I see both our chiefs, our fire chief and police chief are here. Uh, Chad, you go first. Fire chief for a couple of safety updates. All right. Hey, morning, morning. 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 Uh, normal July activity, uh, disorderly persons, domestics, DWIs, harassments, noise complaints, uh, thefts, you name it, we've had pretty much everything, new behavior. 
parole uh, ordinances issued. We've written a ton of tickets. Right now our total is well over 1,600 tickets for up to July, which we've got to be close to about 1,700 now. That includes moving violations and parking, which is definitely on pace to, it's one of the highest I've seen so far. So there's definitely some enforcement out there. People say there's not enforcement. We have the numbers at the back of all our enforcement. Okay, we've had the noise complaints we're dealing with. Um, we're getting a lot of noise complaints. The normal ones, but we have to remember to 10 o'clock at night time for audible and outdoor music. I know we have a resident across the river who calls up about the noise. I don't know how we can hear Donovan's reef, but he calls a lot about it. And 10 o'clock at night, that's the thing. Plus, we have pile drivers going. Is that where most of the complaints are coming from, from Donovan's? No, they're coming from all over, but one in particular always comes from that side of the river. He calls me at that side. Yeah, he, he texts me all the time now. Um, we've had officers out there training. We've had, we had them over at Monmouth School just for active shooter training. It is getting close to that time of year. The schools are going to be opened up soon. Um, we've had spotted lantern flies. Don't do anything about it. And, um, that's really it. We are just going full swing into August now. So if anybody's any questions, want to see any numbers, please let me know. Um, we're moving. John will give you the numbers for parking or anything else that you might want to see. And if anybody has any questions, we're, we're all going to go here. You said over 1,700 tickets. Well, it was 1610 through July. So I haven't counted August yet. August is going to be another. August and September is going to be a lot today. So that includes moving. Violations and parking violations. And I haven't had any, I guess, last year I had complaints we don't take it enough until somebody gets a ticket. Correct. So you just, so it's just been pretty quiet, and only a few complaints, but mostly about getting to I feel like we took care of a lot of complaints. Um, we're taking a lot of pictures of the parking complaints going right downtown. So someone says, oh, they wrote me a ticket, my thing is hanging. We're actually, you can show some of the picture of the thing not hanging. <laughs> so you guys are turning into Amazon drivers who've dropped your package. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it just seems to kind of work out. A lot of people were coming in and saying, that, well, it was hanging there. And the officer said, no, it wasn't. And they, now they have a picture of it. So Good. Most That's of smart idea. Using the, the cameras for the pictures. Other than that, John, you can park in. Any questions? Like, yeah. Just a quick question. So obviously, COVID changed things for the town. So we're kind of coming out of it. Have you noticed any particular trends and differences compared to pre-COVID or during COVID in general? No, we're getting back to normal. I think people in general have a different kind of attitude since COVID. But that's the uh, one personal thing. But when it comes to the numbers itself, I think we're right on pace to where we are normally. Plus, I think we have a great crew of our special officers that are out there every day. <coughs> all over the place and that makes a big difference for us. They were, they're doing a great job this year. Any kind of attitude change that we should adjust to? I mean disrespect or is there anything? It, I think with I didn't want to say this, with law enforcement and government itself, there's been a lot of changes. I mean, it's, it's not just law enforcement to the government itself, people are just there's some changes in attitude. It's you know, you see the political means. So it's more of the same unfortunately. How about the, uh, you know, with the 
legalization of cannabis? I mean, have you seen any change in behavior or any uptick in any specific areas and what you guys police? No, I just, I, I know for law enforcement, it's, it's a hard thing for us to get used to people smoking. It is not an easy thing. It's probably one of the hardest things I know all of us have gone through because we're just not used to people getting high right in front of us. <laughs> I just can't still wrap my arms around that one. Um, it's just something we're not used to, the way we've been trained for the past, our entire careers. So, you know, it, it's a hard thing to look but you got to make it you just move along. Chief, you cautioned us in a prior meeting that based on the regulations from the state of police can and can't be related to cannabis. Um, and basically, I think if I remember what you said, it was, it's a hands-off approach. It's a hands-off with that civil rights violations. Most of the police are, are doing the hands-off with, with the cannabis until something changes. And as long as we can be charged with that civil rights violation by violating some of the civil rights for questioning about marijuana, searching them, um, the police are going to stay hands-off, most of them. Chief, I'm sorry to interrupt. How about policing on the beach, marijuana? Do we have a restriction against So we do have enforcement on the beach, and we do get a complaint for smoking. We will go out there. But I will tell you, most of our officers out there are not seeing a lot of smoking on the beach. If we get a complaint from Don, we'll go out there. We have one ticket person who likes to write letters. We know who he is. But when it comes to overall smoking, we have our people, cigarettes, cigars, pipes. I think that's more of an annoyance to me. But if you're a beach girl, what's the appropriate way to Call the police. Don't get involved. You don't know what the next person is going to You can come if you, someone's after smoking, but you're more than happy to let Don know. Don always calls us. You see one of our people flag us down, we'll go and tell them to stop. I'm going to do a beach day. Yeah, and if you're, whichever way you're sitting, if you're over here, the wind is going this way, you know where that smoke's coming from. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible thing. My grandson, when he comes down, why is this going to here all the time? Why is this going to the Backyard, 
to the water. In other words, 50% of the beach could be utilized by, say, Donovan's. The other 50% going from that point to the water is public, which is my understanding. I'm just curious if, if Donovan's is part of that 50%, because it seems like they have encountered the whole beach from their establishment to the water, where if you go there and take a lounge chair and want to sit near the water, which is public, they're going to ask you to leave. So I'm just curious if the town is aware of this, if there's any rights that Donovan's has that other establishments don't have. Well, it's, I, think it's, I think federally, they, 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 the high, it's the high, the high water line. That's what it does. They can't go below the high water line. But I think I believe Donovan's and a couple of the beach, and the beach clubs as well are grandfathered in to the point where it's up to that high water mark. Okay. So wherever that high water mark is, that's where they can put. That's where it's privately. It's private. It's actually, so it's actually the distance from the main high tide mark. So it's not the mark. Yeah, it's the distance. And it might be yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if there. Is one of us know where that is? Yeah. It's yeah. So we already wrapped up the comment, Thomas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had an agenda. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I guess the chief, you're all set. I think no. Thank you. 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 We're still maintaining, actually, it actually went down um, three minutes and 22 seconds from the time we pulled out one until the time we pulled two. Um, and uh, man hours, which is something I haven't provided to you guys in the past, but I think I'm going to start doing it. Um, during the month of July, we did 280 manpower hours on scene at Falls, another 139 worth of hours of training, and then just shy of 3,000 hours of guys in the finals. Um, obviously, some of those numbers are overlapping because when they're in the firehouse, they're accounting for some of the manpower hours. Um, Training-wise, last weekend, we started training with Mike Hudson and the gang, um, trying to get ourselves on the same page as Ocean Rescue in regards to drowning resuscitation. Uh, we had that unfortunate uh, incident in North Beach and we realized that there were some holes in our technique versus their technique. So last weekend we started trying to get on the same page and that will finish up this Saturday. And then next Monday, first time we're going to do it, I got to talk to the chief, but he's in the state. Uh, we're going to do some training on removing people out of flood water, out of vehicles in flood water, obviously very simply. But uh, that's something we haven't done yet. We kind of just used to doing it. Uh, so that's something that we, you're actually taught in that school court class that we, that we can go to. So we're going to kind of do that one day night. We also have a house in Brunson that's slated for demolition. So we're going to do the scenarios at that house too. We're moving people from the simulated Florida house. Aside from that, that's really a lot of happiness. When is that? Monday 15th, I believe. I'd like to see if anybody has any questions for Chad. Thank you. Can I say something real fast? Last month we did have a man pass away in the ocean all the way up in North Beach. And I will tell you how, how intense that is to have someone 
in the surf, unresponsive, CPR started basically on the water's edge to have the manpower to continue CPR all the way down the beach, bringing them up and over the wall while continuing CPR into the thing. And just, you know, I know sometimes a lot of us kind of, there's a lot of people hanging out sometimes that, that you need that kind of manpower because I know right after the season ends, it could just be me and Chad trying to do that, but to have that many people around to actually perform that is, you can't even train for that. It's just something that just, it's so time consuming, it's emotional, it's intense, and I know Jim and John were both down there. It, is, it takes a lot out of it, and even though, unfortunately, that the man did pass, um, the effort was unbelievable by everybody. So just going all the way down the beach, bringing all the way down, and coming up to see wall and finding the access points, it's a lot of work, so everyone did do a great job on that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up to you guys, how much. It actually, it, it did It did go pretty pretty smooth, um, and it was it was everybody. It was police, it was fire, first aid squad showed up, um, and, and the guards. Um, it was everybody there. But like I said, we did see some, just in the way that we have, because we have all the way, like parts have their way, and we're going to kind of try to mesh that into like one standard for the town, per se. But it, like, like she said, it, it went as well as it could have. Um, unfortunately, the outcome. Well, I'm sure I speak for everyone. I, we appreciate all your efforts in that. I mean, no doubt, it's, it's a difficult, difficult situation for all involved. Yeah, thanks for that. Thank you. Now we're going on to the third item. Uh, Woody's purchase of a uh, borough property. I know that the, uh, the attorney for Woody's Question some change to the ordinance. So, yeah. Chris, you want to so sure, Mayor, I'd be happy to. Um, so, uh, just procedurally, very briefly, um, the, the first step in the process is the borough adopting an ordinance authorizing a sale. And it's technically uh, a sale open any contiguous property owner, and that there's only one, um, which is what is. And uh, from there, by the statute, it has to be posted to see if there are any other bids. Now, the statute says that even though no one else can bid, but you still have to do it. And then from there, uh, the sale, ultimate sale is contingent upon uh, subdivision approval um, and um, that's, that's the main one. And then working out the deed. So I, I think the main thing uh, to talk about today are those restrictions that are going to be in the deed. So that's what's the back and forth in the ordinance. And uh, to address what uh, was put forward by uh, the attorney for Woods, uh, I'd like to run through the deed restriction part. And um, Ray has some information too, because he's talked. So feel free to chime in. Uh, but I, uh, I think you've all gotten the worked up ones that they um, that you put forward. Yeah, I think you originally. Sorry? I didn't see too many changes on that, but okay. I guess what we want to pin down is if you're okay with all these changes, um, to make sure we. Thank you. We're all on the same sheet of music. Um, so the first change was um, saying that the, um, the new lot, this lot um, to be created, which will be um, 10.14 feet by 54.86 feet will be consolidated with the adjacent property. I don't think any property, but the problem with that. Uh, but going on, um, the, the question comes, uh, if there is a question, 
as to what kind of structure will be allowed on that new property. And um, the way that it's put forward in the uh, language from the attorney from uh, Woody's is that there would be a permanent structure with permanent covered roof. Uh, the only thing it would not have is walls. Um, but it would project from the building would be that. So I guess that's my first question is, is that what um, the council is that's a new update compared to what was previously sent to us. Yeah, before we before we didn't want them to put any permanent right. awning or anything there. Uh, it was something that was just like, you know, if they wanted to put an awning up, it had to be like a temporary. Yeah, I got that. that. I got that. that. What you just said, permanent roof, is an update to the version that we were previously sent. Right. That is an update to any previous version that I created, so it would be, yes. Yeah, because I read the one that was sent most recently, the last day or two, and that was clear that there was no permissible roof on it. Yeah. And you're saying their, their latest comment is they want to change that to a permanent roof. That's my understanding. If, if you have yeah, So right, right in there, that, that second page, section D, you'll see the markup. Yeah, do you want to turn? Yeah, uh, one of the things, the last, I think it was last month, we talked about this. Woody's had sent, their attorney had sent in and they, they wanted to make a retractable roof, but it wasn't going to go the full 10 feet that they're buying, 10.4 feet. And we kind of said, in talking to them, they said that didn't make a lot of sense to them. Why would you cover eight feet of the 10 So at that point, I, I believe the council was kind of somewhat leading the same also, was to give them a permanent structure with no walls. So it could never be enclosed, but they could have the 10 feet full of cover. And I know that was different than what they had proposed was the retractable roof, but I think there was some discussion about how that retractable roof would actually work. Yeah, whatever I could be wrong, but I thought that we knew they'd have to mechanically attach to the building, but that it could be detached or whatever if needed. Like it was kind of easy. Yeah, to I, I, so. the big thing was we didn't really want the we didn't really want the posts around it, and then you know make it look. We didn't want it to look like part of the structure. Um, you know, not not to be like. An, an addition to, but not part of the actual structure. Yeah, that was so it could be removed if needed. Yeah. The, the whole structure could be removed? Yeah, that was a big thing. But I don't know. I mean, now that we've kind of worked out the change with the sidewalk and everything, I mean, do we really do we really care as long as it's not enclosed? Well, I, don't know. First, I, I think we do uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one is as a governing body, we will look very clear. Maybe we didn't want permanent posts, but we would accept them because a movable roof would be requiring those in order for it to be structurally sound. So we as a governing body said, we're okay with it as long as it's removable. The cover, the cover. Second thing I would say is, I mean, we are so close to this right now, but this seems like a very late day that they're looking for a permanent roof. And the last thing I would say is a permanent roof effectively changes the appearance of the structure when you're driving through town or when you're looking and now it looks like a contiguous building all the way out to that area versus something that most of the season will be retracted and will be left for posts. So I, I find it odd that after having discussed this in detail and making accommodations with permanent posts and temporary roof, as we're about to approve or not approve this, now we have a permanent roof. Well, he probably, chances are he probably spoke with a, a builder or contractor and was like, you know, what they're proposing is not feasible or not monetarily, not mon it's monetarily um, buying, you know, handy, preventative, preventative, so. Well, that, that, that may be, but, you know, what he's that's not our issue. 
And so, um, you know, I, I think that that uh, point is, is a good one. Um, you know, this seems to be kind of a, a slide in here <laughs> at, at, at the end, which doesn't really, you know, keep with the spirit of what we've been talking about. So, um, I, I, I've got an issue with that. Um, it, it, it just, I mean, things happen in negotiations, but things that delay with our generally desire, but generally require a more scrutiny. Well, anyway, any way they looked at it, they would have to put in some kind of you know some kind of posts on the outer edges. We agreed to that, we did. Right, but now, so if you have a retractable roof, you're pulling the roof back, but you still got these posts that are in the ground. Yeah, but now you got a building. Now you got a building with two. Now in the winter time, you got a building with two posts or four posts up front that aren't attached to anything. You understand that? Okay. What we talked about was exactly what we have behind you. Uh, on, on our uh, on our balcony out there, it's just a retractable uh, it's a retractable roof, and you know he, he understood that. When we, I actually pointed it to him, and you know no, no problem. we knew we had those two or three posts out there, but it's retractable. You, we have our own controls; it's very easy to operate. I then, with that being okay. said, Rich and Greg, will you go back to him and remind him of that? And see if they can Is that what? Okay, uh, the third. So that's what everyone, I just want to make absolutely sure, uh, that's what the council's uh, pleasure is that it would be no permanent cover, it would be retractable, which would, in my mind is like a canvas. Um, it would be coast. Yes, sir. I, I, I want to get it straight. So if there's something more to say, please let me know. Uh, my question, I missed one meeting, so that might have been talked about. I, I, is it just an aesthetic look that we're, that's why we don't want permanent, or does it do something else? Well, I'll give you my reaction. I have no idea what it's going to look like because it hasn't been presented. There's no word on discussion is there a permanent roof structure. And let me just start by saying I like Chris Wood. And I think we all want to encourage success in his business. But there's a certain process we follow here when we all reached an agreement which they were conforming with. And now we're about to approve this, and it's changed. And I agree with the point that was made. It takes further consideration in order to do that to get us all comfortable with it, because we were not. We collectively said we do not want a permanent roof. And that's what's in the draft. And, and just to chime in, I don't truly believe they'll have a problem with this. I think they were looking at a retractable roof and you had a cantilever off of the building which made it not stable with the old post out there. You mean like the way a football stadium opens up? Right. Well, like, like, yeah, yeah. No, it came off in the building, you know, like that. Like the ones that roll out like this, they can, yes. you know, they, well, they collapse. With no post. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting to go back and remind them what we agreed to originally. If okay. we're fine with that, we can move forward. Yeah. All right. That sounds right. Okay. All right, so it's, it's, it's posts. It's a roof that is retractable. In my mind, that's sort of a canvas. And that's it. Okay. All right. Yeah, so they can have they can have posts at the ten foot mark on the corners in the middle, wherever they need to, and then and then, and supports between them, but no cover over top of it. No cover except for a except for a retractable. Right. Whether it's canvas, whether it's you know whatever whatever it is, as long as it's retractable. Mm -hmm. this, it. this, this is not news to them, <laughs> right? So okay, so, so that they. they, they we're well aware of what the intent was for you to cover an extensive video. Thank you. Okay. Let me see if, uh, so the, the, the uh, I think the sidewalk extension we're all okay on it. I think everyone felt it's got it. This section didn't come over in the email. Sidewalk and curbing is going to be on the borough property. 
Um, that is accommodated by the dimensions that are set for 10.42 feet by 54.86 feet. And uh, the last uh, change to the prior graph had to do with uh, the parking space, but I talked to Greg about that. So uh, my, my understanding originally they were supposed to strike it. Um, so the end. Yeah. But now that's not the case because it's going to be a motorcycle space. Right. I think we, the council suggested last time the council. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think it's great. It's really a motorcycle space. So we don't need to run space, but we don't have a physical dimension problem parking. Because you can put two motor, you can put actually two motorcycle spaces in there and charge twice. And unfortunately, it may become an unfortunate problem for the chief, but it'll make sure cars are not violating that song, but eventually they'll get that message. And that's what we discussed. Yes, I mean, instead of moving the states. Yes. And the ballards are required or not? So uh, what I have put in the draft is that they were required. And when I originally crafted that language, the patrons, the um, you know the diners, were going to be at the edge of the of the uh, sidewalk. That was before the sidewalk got moved. But I left that language in there. The attorney only changed it to the extent at, at the discretion of the borough's planning board. Um, so I think I, I think personally, if they're going to put the posts in the top at the end, that kind of alleviates that problem with the bollards because those posts will be will act as the bollards. All right. Oh, the, the ones that hold in the roof. Yeah, those posts will act. I mean, they're going to be spaced apart a lot wider than bollards would be. But yeah, as long as they're rated for that, right? Yeah. So what you're saying, which is the sidewalk would really be yes, I mean, yes. the well, stop. The sidewalk would be the stop. Yeah. They might be reinforced yeah. between, between the, the people and, and you'd have a yeah, you have a four foot buffer. Well, the people would be four feet beyond the sidewalk. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'll just leave it the way she wants it then, at the discretion of the borough planning board. For some reason, they want. I don't know that. It would be, I don't think it'll be necessary anymore. But we'll just leave it like that. And I think that's it, Mayor. So we need to know to go back to it. That's similar to what like Tommy's has out there. They've got that opening, but then they they put like some bollards in between to kind of protect it, mm -hmm. just in case. I run to the update on the commercial garbage pickup. Joe about this. He says as we implemented the changes to our commercial pickup. I don't know if Dave or Joe want to speak to that. Dave, you want to? Yeah, public works department is working with his other brothers to tighten this up. Okay. Hand out to you guys to tell you that they have no issues. And they noticed an increase on Thursdays where people, I guess, they're trying to balance out their loads of trash that way. And uh, now Angelica's restaurant is a commercial customer, which is great because they're being picked up on Tuesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Which is um, good. That's fantastic. It's great. It's, it's moving in a direction that we want to go. We had a problem over this morning with melons and they had 11 toters out, so they're way over the limit. Okay. I checked behind Rooney Plaza. Rooney Plaza has their own dumpsters back there, so they're not falling back there. Because what they're doing is they're putting it all in one parking spot in the front there. And I talked to Gabe about it this morning. They already went through there. And I said, listen, this is important to us because we're paying. The borough is paying for the tipping fees. That's a lot of extra weight, you know, so we have to keep tight on this. So that's pretty much where we're at. So with Melonhead and Gigi's, what's the what's the path forward? The path forward is they're not going to they're only going to have to be three three for each. There was eleven. There should have only been six after that. But so they had they had already went through that. That's why I left before I got 
So they'll probably adjust to the Monday Thursday strategy. And if, they, if they can't handle that, they'll have to do it on Friday. They'll have to have yeah. a private pickup, and it's a win-win for the hauler because he gets extra service. Right. It's a win for us because we're not paying all that extra weight on so we see problems, David, anywhere else other than the Angelicas and the one we just described with Mellon and GD. Anywhere else in town that you're concerned? No, not really. Angelicas has always been a problem. You know, yeah, I know. That. But uh, no other ones that we have to keep an eye on? Well, I, I'll be looking around more just to make sure the enforcement's there, you know. Because we just implemented it right in the middle of July. Yeah, it's only been implemented like a, a month and 10 days now. Right, right to one so, yeah, so I'll stay on top of it. That sounds like a very favorable one. Yeah, I think so. For borrow for everybody. Thanks for coming, David. Thanks for being here too. What days you getting picked up in Angelica? Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. On top of the Monday, Thursday that they're already getting picked up. Yeah, that's good. So then we're picking up we're picking up three cans from them Monday and Thursday, and they're also getting picked up on Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday, which is great because that keeps it out of the it keeps it out of the truck on Mondays and Thursdays where we had that huge mess of. So that this is really good in my mind if we stay focused on it, it creates behavior that repeats itself. Wow. We don't want people to fall back, so this is good. How are we handling the recycling days? That's only on Wednesdays. Well, I know, but I mean, is there is there a restriction on recycling as well? Because I mean. Like the Chinese restaurant and uh, Yumi um, on Friday. That, that's on, a little different because they usually have it tied up in stacks. How do you measure that? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, because they'll they'll put they'll put out now. they'll put out on two, they'll put out on Wednesday and it will literally take up that entire sidewalk. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a stack probably about 20 feet wide, about to eight feet tall, and probably about three feet wide. Three and feet that's deep. Not I don't, I don't, I don't, we thing don't have toters for right. recycling. I could probably do is measure them up and try to figure <clears> out the cubic feet and then figure out what's in one of the toters and try to work out that. Because the Chinese, that, that, that's problematic because it's like, the, 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 to be honest, they're putting out more recycling than they put out trash. I mean, they have a dumpster that they get taken care of twice a week anyway. Um, or actually once a week on top of the regular trash. So they don't really put out a lot of trash. Big problem. Like we had complaints where the hauler Smell wise, smell wise, it gets horrible. Like you, when they put out their trash, their, their, their recycling, because you got all those fish containers and you know all that other stuff. And it just, it's like you walk by it and you just want to die. <laughs> it's like really bad. Um, yeah, they have that, their own little area back there. But, yeah, but they, they have, and I, I, don't luckily, think they, I don't think they keep it very clean. Well, they do. I mean, it's behind that fence, which keep, which keeps the odor down a lot because they didn't have a fence before, and that whole block used to stink. And once they put the fence up, it keeps the odor behind the fence at least. Uh, but maybe we could have the you know um, health yeah. department go yeah, out and take all the right up and have them go through. Yeah. Oh, and 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 just different subject, but on the same topic. We had a problem. Remember the problem we had with them with uh, who was it? I forget what it was. Rory's or somebody walked out. No. Um, Yolks on you. Don't washing out the water on the side. Yeah, right. It's already been over. Yeah. So, what do you call it? It's doing it now too. Uh, pliable. At night, they're they're rinsing out and dumping like bleach water and everything right on the sidewalk. Really? Yeah. So they're doing it at around 10:30 at night, and it's just the smell of the chemicals or whatever they're using, the soap products that they're using. 
It just it permeates the whole block. Who's doing this thing? Uh, so they don't do it every single night, but pretty much they're going out and they're dumping whatever they use to mop the floors, they're dumping it on the sidewalks and then kind of like rinsing the stuff off the sidewalks, like the mess that that's made over the whole day. Okay. And that's eventually getting down into the drains and the storm drains, and that shouldn't be going out to the storm drains. Uh, I know right for the stop for the other practice. Yeah, well they were doing it during the day, so they were getting, but this is like 10 30 at night, nobody's here, so you know. I don't know if you could come out of that hour, I'll ask. Or maybe one of the officers can go by, like you know, because I, I caught them a couple times doing. It, and I said, "You guys can't be doing this because the water's going in the wastewater in, in, in uh, stormwater drains." And they should be. Huh? No, it's just the kids inside. They they have to clean the floors. <clears throat> they're there till ten o'clock at night. Oh, so you're not, they're not cleaning the sidewalk. They're just cleaning <clears throat> the water on the sidewalk. I don't know. I don't see them scrubbing it. All I see is the water. I I smell the smell. So. <clears throat> I see the water on the sidewalk, and then I smell the smell, and I don't know if they're actually scrubbing or what they're doing with it. But all I know is the sidewalk doesn't look any cleaner. So <laughs> whatever they're doing, it's not working. That's what we're going to find out if they're cleaning the sidewalk, and if they are, it's to use something not costly. Yeah, it just can't be. Yeah, they can't be using any soap products. Otherwise, you just dump it down the drain. Yeah, those are the problem is, is if it's getting in the storm stormwater drain, it's running out to the water, out to the river, and that's that's you know an EPA problem. Yep. So anyway, sorry, I'm, just, I'm yeah. off topic, but yeah, yeah, I'm not too great. Thanks, man. Thank you for looking into that. Great, thanks, man. All right, up the ordinance for 5G. I believe uh, I left a notice to that one also. Sure, Mayor. So um, it's proposed in terms of uh, regulating um, the 5G, which is you know, the ones that are attached to rooftops or poles, and um, there, um, it would provide for a permitting process and it would provide for an agreement um, that anyone uh, who wanted to place those things had to, uh, had, has to um, sign in order uh, to get it, and also um, the fees for that. Um, so it would put a structure in place as to those, as to um, the 5G. Um, so if it gives you some regulation over it, you're limited in the type of regulation you can do on those things by federal law. Um, you can't prohibit them. Um, and um, there's restrictions on what you can do in terms of zoning. Um, but, um, you know, they can't be prohibited in any case. The one thing that always comes up with these, with any of the um, communications networks in town, is the abandonment issue. So any of the equipment that goes up there, they upgrade the equipment, they put new equipment up, they, dis they, they disable the old equipment, but they leave it in place. <clears throat> whether it's cables, whether it's whatever, whatever it is, they leave it there because it's like, it's just cheaper to leave it there and we don't have to take it down enough to dispose it, blah, 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 blah. So the, yeah. problem, the problem always becomes is we end up with these rat's nests of wires and, and Equipment that's yeah. Every time we bring it up, though, every utility says it's a different utility. Yeah, well, exactly. Nobody, nobody wants to admit it's their stuff. Yeah, um, so. so the big thing that always comes up is like, all right, we can't prohibit them from putting it in, but if you're going to put in new stuff, if you see old stuff, you got to take it out. Yeah. And if we identify that you put and, and, and if, your own, like they can't take down other utilities. Right, right. But I'm just saying. But that's what I'm saying. But if like if, if they put, let's say for instance, Verizon comes in, puts a five G node node on a pole. And they put a new node on that pole. We see the new node up on that pole, and then and it comes to our our attention that there was an abandoned line on that pole that Verizon did not remove. 
we need to that, that we need to be able to like have some kind of like hey you got to take that that of that line down. Yeah, this this is a tough one because it means this, different departments there are those with their yeah there's, there's a wired infrastructure and there's wireless and the five we, we are there's nothing in town other than uh, that I know of that's on the post that we have out here that's G three G infrastructure that you would physically be removing. There's, I don't think there's any remnants of wireless version and they will not say wired and wireless related to. Well, they could. I mean, they, they definitely know whose wires, well, whose they know. They just don't want to admit it because yeah, I mean, John said it before because John has that background. You're crossing the boundary though, because if there's a wired Verizon infrastructure, right, that's not being replaced. And since there is no 3G hanging on poles that's going to be replaced by 5G, there is no wireless to take down. Why? Well, so, all right. To your point, let's not let's not think about that. Let's think about future. Okay, they've got a five, they put a 5G node up, they want to replace the 5G node, they want to go to 6G or 7G, can't leave the 5G node, node in place. Can't leave the 5G, can't leave this, can't leave, you know, whatever equipment, whatever old outdated equipment is on that structure that so they're putting the new stuff on has to be signing up to a future infrastructure change to hold them obligated to take the old stuff down. Yeah, if they're going to put new stuff up, they've got to take the old stuff down, yeah. period, and dispose of it. They can't leave it in place. If they're replacing one network with a new network, they got to take the old network out. Now, if they're going, if they're going wireless from wired, and we're not going to use the wired technology anymore, they got to take the wires out. That type of thing. Yeah, so that, that won't happen because that's what drives cable and other stuff that comes through. <clears throat> well, I mean, the wired. But I'm just saying for future, for future, yeah. we don't want, we don't want, you know, 60 poles around here with all, you know, with, with nodes on them that don't. It, where yeah. they stood up a pole just for that node and they don't need that node anymore. So the pole's there, the node's there, it's, it's old, it's un, un, abandoned, they don't need it, there's no use for it because now 6G covers twice the distance. Take the old pole down, take the, take the node down, take everything out. Because otherwise we're going to be riddled with, it's going to be like a picket so fence. So you're saying once anything new, if it's no reusable, throw it out. you got to take it out. If you're responsible for it, you got to remove it. Yeah. When, when do we think this would start do they have to come and present to go to the planning board or anything like that? How do, how do they get engaged? To actually put up the node? Yeah, I mean, they're ready. I mean, this is just preliminary stuff. <coughs> this is what the procedure is going to be. Right. Um, so when they want to put a particular node up, um, they have to get a permit. And whether it may be the planning board, depending on how the ordinance is written, but they have to go and get a permit. Uh, We've gone through this with them before, where they, they, they came to town and started putting in nodes and dump and sticking poles in people's backyards without any notification whatsoever. Well, we gave, both ways. We, gave them a cease and we gave them a cease and desist and told them to stop and then that kind of died and then, then we then we worked with them on where we wanted to put these poles and and kind of you know put together a game plan of where the poles should be how we should spread them out and then we never heard back from them. So we were just like that's too expensive we don't want to do it. No, I, I thought that they did come and they talked about they would look at the wires and remove the ones, which we know they haven't really done that. Right? Um, but I, I, I understand where Kevin's coming from. If they put something new in, take the old one out, um, that makes sense. But that's not cleaning up what we have. Well, it's not. It I'm not necessarily concerned about cleaning up what we have. Obviously, trying to clean up what we have is, is, is a fight that's left for another day because we've been fighting it for how long now and it's never going to happen. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more future-proofing future this system because we've seen it too many times with the wires where they replace a wire, they leave the old one there coiled up just because it's cheaper and they don't want to take it down and throw it out. 
Um, so, you know, moving forward, we don't want to see Ocean Avenue covered with a picket fence full of telephone poles with old abandoned nodes on them because they, they needed them every 100 yards or however often they needed them. And then 6G comes along and now you don't need them every 100 yards, you got them every 5,000 yards. And you can put one in town, all the old ones need to come out. So yeah, that's the whole thing. Well, that was my point. Oh, otherwise you're going to have present? all these... Do they have to present their plan to us or they just... Well, they should. Yeah. yeah, I would think they have to commit a layout. One thing I would suggest is one of the things you can require from the utility company is you're going to give one provider the right to put these poles in, and he has to provide for multiple users on the poles. So one of the things that the borough can require, this main user you're going to give this lease or license to, is they have to give you a plan that lays out the whole town and shows where every pole would have to be to service the town. They don't have to put them all in at once, but they have to show you all the poles that they need. And they also have to prove to you the height works for the bottom carrier. So they want to put a pole that's 40 feet, and guess what? A third guy comes in, he gets the bottom location, and not he needs poles every 200 feet instead of 900 feet. So that's what they have to prove to you, that bottom guy can work with that. Yeah, they also require them that they can't have poles less than 900 feet unless they can prove that. So you don't give up. In the downtown area, they can't put three of them in a row. They have to keep kind of a uniform space. And there's also a caveat in there that you can require them in a case like the downtown area, if you think it's sensitive from safety, traffic, or whatever, pedestrian point of view, you can require them to put it underground. Kind of highly unlikely, but you know, certainly down in the downtown area, if you need one location, they can put it underground so you don't have a hole. So you got enough holes in the downtown so, so Richard, a couple a couple things from you on this scenario. I haven't finished yet. This is big news, right? A lot of people are very upset about this, but it's coming whether we like it or not. Right, the government has mandated it. This is a you know, credit for knocking out air traffic control systems. People don't want it in their vicinity. And our town is exactly the worst layout you could possibly have for a system like this. Because it's a narrow strip of land, which means you can't hide it on a hill a half a mile away. No. Right? So we, we couldn't have a worse situation. This operates in the one to two gigahertz range, which a lot of people are worried about from a safety perspective. And in light of the fact that this Health sits, perspective it, what's that? Health perspective. Yeah, too. exactly. So in light of the fact that this basically has to sit in a chain, because that's what we are in this town, right. is a chain. Right, we were talking this morning, and I just looked it up, the optimum separation is 500 feet of these things, which means if you take a four-mile town, that's 42 poles, right? And these poles range any, anywhere from a, a negative appearance of looking like a small garbage pail on top of a light pole, right. all the way to looking like a bunch of antennas hanging off that nobody would want near their house. So I think for our particular town, this is a complex issue. We have to find a way of making it look as appealing as we possibly can because we can't stop it. And I think we have to be intimately involved in the process that we don't wake up one morning and go, how the heck did this happen? The whole big thing is, as Greg said, is the co-location. Because, you know, as you, as you just said, the optimum distance is 500 feet. They're saying probably about 900 to 1,000 feet. But if you're looking at 900 feet apart, and that's Verizon, and now, AT&T comes along, and then, well, and then, the point and then so you know, if you've got, if you've got, they, the whole point is to have the co-location because we've had this conversation, we've had this issue with them before, yeah. with that cell tower. When they first put that cell tower in, we were like, okay, it's got to be co you, you've got to be able to put at least three services on it. And they're like, oh yeah, no, three services can go on it exactly the way it is designed, blah 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 blah. blah. It came back to us and like, oh no, no, you can't put three services on there. It's not the right size. It's the, the, the equipment can't fit. We don't have the space underneath. So now we're expanding the building. It's a, it's a bunch of bullshit that they throw at us to make us to, to, to place it, placate us for that moment in time. 
And then it comes down to the reality of it and, oh no, lo and behold, it can't happen. So we need to hold them to this. If they say they're putting in something that is co-locatable, that other, other uh, if, if Verizon comes in first and puts it in and says, yeah, AT&T, T-Mobile, whatever, can also put a note on here. If they say that, we need to be able to hold them to that where when T-Mobile comes along and goes, well, we can't put our equipment on that because it's the wrong size, then, they, then, then Verizon needs to either adjust the pole, make changes, and, and, and fix what needs to be fixed so T-Mobile can go on there. This, this, this is a complicated issue. It's a single pole, single provider. It doesn't look that bad. It's three on one pole, which you want for less poles. Because right. if you have one pole, one provider, it's 40 poles. Right. If you have one pole for each provider times three, it's 120 poles in this town, which would look horrendous. It looked like a pink fence. Is, the problem is if you have one pole, three provider, it looks bad. Right? Those antennas look really bad. So the point is, this is happening. I think we just have to be involved to make sure that we have some say in what it's called. Can't we ask them to come in and give us an overview? Sure. Of what a, you know their sure. concept is? I, I think that's mandatory. Yeah, it's got yeah. to happen what it will look like. Improve the environment that it will carry through therapy. I mean, when you get home, just Google, I have it on the computer, just Google 5G uh, antennas. Okay. And you'll see what it looks like. Look at anywhere from a small garbage pail to something that looks like these well, intelligence they have them. They have them in deal. They have them going in in Deal, and they're basically replacing the, the overhead lights on the side of the street. Because Deal doesn't have any Deal doesn't have any wires at all. But if so, I can if I can jump in for a second, Kevin, the, the ordinance requires them to use what's called a smart bulb. Everything has to be internal. It can have uh, street lighting on it, 911 call service, uh, surveillance cameras. Uh, everything has to be internal. There. They prohibit external hinges, external cabling, any other attachments. The pole has to be made of aluminum, stainless steel. Uh, so, so they need to provide those. There's an application process that, that, that makes them come in and show you what they're putting up. You're, you're right about our old uh, cell tower, then coming in several times. But this uh, limits them to 500 feet it has to be a co-located hole that can have three or more services in it. And it's got to be stuck. Anything has to be, it says that the, the, the utility pole has to conceal three or more small wireless facility installation. So the ordinance makes them come into you, does require co-location, can't be within 500 feet. And and Councilman Beaver had a question last time about, they talk about uh, uh, 25 cubic feet. That's the federal regulation on small wireless facilities. But the rest of our ordinance restricts that. They just included that section as the definition under federal law. But our ordinance, this ordinance, not that it's ours, this ordinance will go on to be more restrictive, which I'm told we're allowed to do and requires them to come to you and show you exactly what they're going to put up or want to put up and where the locations are. So this gives us the protection that we need because under the inherently beneficial legislation, if we don't have something in place, they can't come in and put them up. Uh, so I think it's important that if we tweak this, if you folks uh, uh, have, uh, have ideas on it, but it does require that everything to be concealed. 
Is, is there any, you know, is there any possibility that they they take out a wooden pole that's in existence and replace it with this new structure that accommodates what's already on the wood? The big thing is the big. So thing we're is not adding poles. We're taking one out and you put one. The in. big thing is with the wooden poles. The wooden poles are supporting. Yeah, because that's where they're going to run right along the pole line. Well, the problem is the wooden poles are supporting the high tension power lines right now. And so if you're putting high tension power lines on an aluminum pole, that's problematic. Yeah, the primary, right, that the primary is a good town. They have a huge, they got And that's JCPNL, so that's completely different ball of work, ball of wax. It would be nice in principle, but I bet they will not do that. Well, you can't, I mean, you, you just can't have high, high voltage lines on an aluminum pole. It's just, no. <laughs> Anybody within 30 feet of the thing will die. I the engineers to tell me that, not us. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, I think we absolutely have to be involved and they have to come in and provide a presentation of the approach we had, When Verizon came in, we had, we had proposed that they put them along the splash pad with lights and everything, so we'd have, we'd have a nice lighted splash pad along that way around. And uh, they, were, they were amenable to that, but then all of a sudden they just disappeared and whatever, they didn't want to do it. The other thing is, too, is a lot of these 5G networks, they're putting them in not only just for our town, but also everything east of here. So, I mean, west of here. So they're trying to catch that western edge of Rumson and, and whatever else over that way, and Navisink and all that. Problem is, the further east they go, the less coverage they get that way, which is why they were trying to put it on the west side of Ocean Avenue and, and as far west on the, on the peninsula as they could because they wanted to get that coverage on that side. So that's part when we said that we go to splash pad, that kind of killed that because then they're, they're pushing it like another 100, 150, 200 feet away. Right. Richard, did we let you cover what you wanted to cover? Yes, you did, yeah. Um, but, and I, I um, have done some of concerns, so we'll go back and, uh, and, and look at the ordinance. Yeah, thanks, Rich. All right, moving on. Going on to, uh, this is uh, Jack's topic. I know you, uh, Jack wants to add, uh, he suggests we have some bike signage throughout a certain areas of town, like the downtown uh, walkways and so forth. You want to speak to that? Yeah, just quick comments. Uh, just been going around, uh, especially along the splash pad and then the business shops in the center of town. Uh, there's some complaints about, uh, especially the new electric bikes. Uh, Traveling to high speed and they're uh, not paying much attention to the rest of So I'm going to throw us to work with John Mary's on this. We can put a few back to back at several places along the flashback. Caution, slow down the wheels, easy pedestrians, that type of a sign. Uh, and then in the center of town, no bike, no bike riding, no skateboarding on the sidewalks and the signs. I brought up a North Beach, spaced it out in four locations. And again, back-to-back signs, so we'll be going north or south, you can read it. And in the center of town, just two locations. One is your kind of past times, the signs there, and then down to the south end. Just, again. Uh, did, your, did your committee talk about this, or is this, is this yours, or is it the committee? Well, we talked about it, and, but uh, I brought this up to uh, Dave. And uh, the question is, you know, Kevin, uh, is this okay? Because you have to buy the signs, you have to buy some stage and put them in the ground. 
and it would be something to do in the fall. It's also the concern of where the placement, like where we want to. I mean, we've got a, right. we've got a, we've got a million signs in town that nobody reads already. Well, that's that. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the crosswalk thing, you know. Like you don't want to be the one to say no to any improvement. Exactly. But on the flip side, there's no fix it. Like so, would it be effective? Is the question. Right. Otherwise, well, well, one, one will it be effective? Two, where are we going to put the signs? And then three, how are we going to pay for them? Because obviously, we're Dave's overextended as it is this year. Um, so we need to kind of think about that. Um, there's so many bicycles going through this town every single direction. I think having the signage is fine, but at any given time on a nice day, the sidewalk, the splash pad, Ocean Avenue, off the bridge, on the bridge, I don't know if it's even doable. I mean, besides chasing down a guy on an electric bike, you can spend every single day and every single night doing that. Um, some of the kids don't want to drive on Ocean Avenue, they've got to be on the sidewalk, which I understand that too. I think having the, the proper signage along Ocean Avenue almost is fine, but I think the amount of bicycles coming into this town from people out of town, it's almost become unenforceable unless someone crashes. It's something that it could be at any given time. There's bicycles coming from every direction. In the morning, you have they're three wide, racing out of Shagman with no shoulder. At the time, they're coming out of bicycles and putting them going. There's just everywhere. So it may impede some successful people, but uh, respectful people, but hard to enforce. It's hard to enforce because where do you start? If, uh, if you have a younger kid on the sidewalk and there's a sign you want to go back out of Coach Avenue, I don't really know where to start. Just, I think there's just too many bicycles and there's just too many nice electric bicycles that are being sold everywhere now. I think the big thing is, I, and Jack, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to this, but I think the timing, I think we should probably hold off until the striping process gets done, because Greg has worked with the Tit State as far as putting the bicycle lane striping and marking for the, the bicycle traffic on Ocean Avenue. So once that's in place, and that has been striped and, and marked out, then putting these in place to keep them at least off the sidewalks or if they're gonna be on the sidewalk, maybe not necessarily no bikes, but walk your bikes on the sidewalks if you're gonna be on the sidewalk, something like that because um, that's the big thing is the kids, the kids with the bicycles on the sidewalk. I get the reason why they're there because um, if I was a little kid, I wouldn't wanna be riding my bicycle along 35 anyway, but uh, I'm 36 anyway. But you know, the whole point is if you're, gonna, if, if you're not gonna be on, this thir on 36, then walk your bike. You know, and I kind of, I kind of bark at some of the kids too. I mean, I'm, I'm that old man where I'm like, dude, come on, walk your bike. Um, but at the same time, that's, I think that's where, maybe not a no bike downtown, but walk your bikes on the sidewalk. Um, that might be beneficial. But I think, I, I think the timing once we get the striping and put in, in place on Ocean Avenue and the marking for the for the bike lane, I think that'll be helpful because that will kind of like automatically just guide people into that bike lane. Um, or at least those that do ride on the street. And then with the kids, we're going to have to deal with the kids. How are we going to deal with You really can't do anything with the kids. Cause no, police you're can't not going to ticket 12-year-olds. Police can't even ticket them. So. We're not going to ticket 12-year-olds and start chasing them people on bunch of bicycles on the cars. Try picking over an electric bicycle. I mean, we sent our electric bikes out to chase them people. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, they're just everywhere, they're being sold everywhere, the electric bikes, it's becoming overwhelming. I think the way the towns are gonna move forward is maybe putting some type of ordinance that we can do something. I don't know where it's gonna go. I know we were talking to Jack yesterday and John about the electric bikes. 
we don't know. There's no regulations on them yet, and we don't know when it's something funny. Well, right now, mo right now, most of them are governed. Right now, most of them gov are governed to 35 miles an hour. But if, you, but if you pull, but if, but you can pull the governor off. And then you can get yeah. almost 50 miles an hour. Yeah, they're more, they're more, they're more, they're more in moped motorcycle category. Those babies cruise. Well, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. I actually saw somebody, got some guy on it for the first time a couple, about a week ago with a helmet on. I was like, now that guy's smart. <laughs> the first guy I ever saw that actually wore a helmet. He was wearing like a little bike helmet or whatever, but I was like, at least somebody's smart. <laughs> Like 35 miles an hour, you fall off oh, the bike. Yeah, so, so Jack's looking for guidance on this. So where are we? I'm just going to get a cost estimate. Let's get a cost estimate. Let's figure out. What, let, let's see if we can think about where where to place them. Um, and then I have permission to have on the splash pad. Yeah, and then well, the splash pad's not a big deal. You can put them pretty much anywhere. Um, but downtown's the problem. And then and then let's and then as far as placing them and getting them in place downtown, let's wait until we get the bike lanes in place, and then. And then we can then we can start enforcing because because then we can then we have a, then we have some direction too. We can say, listen, the bike lane is clearly marked. That's where you ride your bicycle. You know. I'll get back to you with the cost. Uh, I'd like to focus on this project. And then we just got to figure out how to pay for it. Too, yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. All right. All right. Next one is just basically a request for a uh, another beach badge donation. Donnie, of course, signed off on it. Anybody here oppose it? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Um, and then we're going on just a list of upcoming resolutions, as always. We're going to review those. And uh, may I just add, um, there's going to be one more that I know of. There may be more, but um, that lease agreement we had with first aid for the ambulances for a dollar, we just have to renew that. So okay. we're going to put a resolution on for that. Okay. Well. That's fine. Anything else, Chris? At the moment, that's all I have. Okay. <laughs> And you'll see a ordinance request on them too. Or rather, I may see a, another resolution request in there that was not The, uh, I just have from that, we do have some uh, items for executive session, and once again, we won't make any decisions after that, so this is the end of the public meeting. Thanks for coming out. Um, any last comments from anybody? Before Actually, just real quick, on number, uh, the resolutions for number three, are, we're renewing the code license, even though they haven't really used it in how many years? That's not a problem. Okay. No. You can. Oh, yeah, you can. They had a, a um, pocket license. After okay. A number of years after. Well, technically, it's still attached to a building. They got a special rule. Yeah, the building's there. there. It's just not used. But if you don't renew it, isn't it? Okay. Permanent? Now, just double checking. That's all. Because yeah. it's like, I, you know, I'm. Okay. When the hell are they going to do something with that? They just submitted some paperwork, right? Because the neighbors got a flyer saying they're going to do some improvements to the property. Oh, are they? Okay. Good. So maybe so they're getting ready to. One of the reviews. Maybe she's finally going to. Maybe she's finally going to pull the trigger and sell the damn place. Either that or run it herself. Well, anyway, all right. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks again for coming out. Um, anyone like to make a motion to enter into closed session? So moved. Second. All right. Councilmember Beaver. Yes. Virgil. Yes. yes. Too great. Yes. Uh, Catalano. Yes. Keeler. Yes. And Lamy. Yes. All right. So. so we're going to